Welcome to Elevate Your Direct Sales Business with Kelly Northcott. I'm your host, Kelly Northcott, and I'm so glad that you're here. I've been in the direct sales industry for over 20 years. When I was in the field, I was a top performer and leader, and now I have a growing coaching business that helps direct sellers of all titles from all companies build businesses that they love. If you're a direct seller who wants to get more out of her business and have fun doing it, you're in the right place. Tune in each week to learn systems so that you can scale and grow, implement mindset principles and practices to get out of your own way, and get coaching to break through to new levels of your business. Welcome back, and welcome back to our series about wrapping up 2023 and starting 2024. So I want to talk about holiday open houses and how to do it simply so that you can put it together quickly and get some results for this year and set yourself up for success for next year. Open houses are a great way to serve your current customers, meet new ones, get sales, book parties for now and for the new year, and get recruit leads. This episode is for you if you've never done an open house because I'm going to give you some quick tips on how to do it successfully, and I'll explain why open houses will serve you. And it's also for you if you've been doing open houses, you'll get some ideas to make your annual event even better. Your open house doesn't have to be a huge big deal. And some of you might be thinking that you don't have time to put it together for this year, but you do. You can put this together in a week. You don't need a lot of time to put this together. And if this is your first one, no one has any expectations for it. This is where Parkinson's law comes into play. Parkinson's law states that if you have a certain amount of time to do something, it will take the entire amount of time that you allow for it. So if you have two months to plan an open house, it will take you two months to plan it. If you have just a few hours to plan it, that's all it's going to take. And the great thing about putting this together quickly is that you'll be much more likely to focus on the things that are important for your success because you'll have to prioritize your task and your time. The first decisions that you need to make are when you're going to do it and how you're going to do it. So you can do your open house virtually or in person. If you're on the fence about whether or not you should do it virtually or in person, then do the one that you think is going to help you reach your goals or go ahead and do both. If you're doing it virtually, I would do it in your VIP group because your VIP group is already populated. If you set up a separate group for your open house, it's going to be hard to get people from your VIP group into this separate group, and then it's going to be hard to get the new people back into your VIP group. If you're doing it virtually, I would use the same structure that you use for a party. So if you do a five-day Facebook party, do your open house that way too in your VIP group. If you use a platform off of Facebook, like Squee or Zoom or Table, then I would use that platform for the presentation portion of it, but I would still do a lot of it in your group. You can also do this in person, and I encourage you to consider doing it in person, even if this is the first in-person event that you've ever done. This is a relationship business, and you'll build better relationships and build them faster when you do things in person. Plus, this is an excuse to invite your neighbors and other people who live in your area who aren't customers yet. I used to walk around my neighborhood and invite everyone to my open house. It was an easy way to let people know about my business, and every year some of them came. And some of the people who didn't come to the open house ended up ordering maybe months later. It was a really easy way to advertise my business without being in people's faces. They could come to my open house, have a no-pressure experience, And maybe they became a customer or maybe they didn't. All it cost me was an hour or so of walking around my neighborhood. 
You don't need a lot of space for your open house. When I sold jewelry and home decor, I set up in my dining room and I took orders. So I didn't have a lot of inventory. I didn't have a lot of space. I just set it up. People came, they placed an order and everybody was fine with that. If you don't want to do it at your house, you can always do it at a community center or even do it at a restaurant. So if you make arrangements to do this at a restaurant, set it up beforehand with a restaurant, of course, and I would set up in the bar area. I would set up on high top tables and I would order a few finger food appetizers and let people get their own drinks. Another option is to do it at a small business. If you're friendly with a realtor, see if you can use his office. Realtors are always looking for reasons to be in front of their customers. And if your products are a good fit for their target market, it's a win-win. You can invite your friends and customers and they can invite theirs and you're exposed to each other's customers. They might even let you set up in one of their open houses, especially if the house is empty. My hair salon let me set up a small display on a Saturday. So think about the different places where your ideal customers go and see if you can set up a small display for a few hours. The business doesn't have to be related to what you sell, but obviously it shouldn't be a competitor either. And check your policy and procedure to see what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. Another option is to use someone else's house. So this could be a customer or a friend. And you can also team up with other direct sellers or business owners and do a multi-vendor open house. I used to do this a lot and it was great. Our customers loved it because they got to see lots of different companies at one stop. I used to team up with four other consultants who had completely different product than each other. And we did it at one of the consultants' mom's house. So we each set up in a separate room and we invited all of our customers. And we each provided a drawing prize and a snack or a drink. And then we each gave the consultant's mom a gift as a thank you for letting us use her house. This event worked out great, but I've done the same thing when it was a disaster. And the main reason this event worked great and other multi-vendor open houses were terrible was how the expectations were communicated and understood. If you're doing this with other people, have everything worked out before the event. So questions to answer would include, what's the value of the prizes that everyone's giving? Will everyone get a list of the emails of the attendees? What are you supposed to contribute in terms of food or drink? If you say bring a snack to share and someone brings a bag of chips and a jar of salsa and expects everyone to eat the chips from the bag, is that going to be okay with you? And most importantly, have a clear understanding of how many people everyone should invite and who they're expected to invite. The rule for one of the multi-vendor open houses that I did was that we had to invite 100 people each. I assumed that meant 100 customers were people who were potential customers who live within a reasonable distance of the event. But one person interpreted it to mean that she just had to hand out 100 invitations. And so she went to a parking lot and put invitations on 100 cars. And another person did an email blast to 100 people, but most of the people she sent that email to were people who were never going to come, and if they did, were not going to become customers. If you're considering doing an open house with other people, choose people who are your people because like attracts like. So if you're a mom of elementary age kids and you're focused on your business, find other people who are in similar stages of life, they have similar values, and they have similar goals for their business. They'll be people you'll probably enjoy working with, and their customers are probably your kind of people too, because like attracts like. If you're doing something with other people, then I would try to do it in person. I'm not a fan of the multi-vendor virtual open houses, 
because I think most people don't hold up their end of the bargain in terms of inviting people and engaging. I think these kind of events have potential to work, but I haven't seen any of them do that. And I think they're way more work than they're worth. But if you're doing them right now and they're working for you, then great. If you're not doing them and you want to do your open house virtually, then I would do it by yourself. The most important thing you need to do for your open house is to advertise it. You can have the best displays, the most amazing specials, and all the bells and whistles, but none of that's going to do you any good if no one comes. Inviting people is the most important thing, and it's often the step that people skip. So I'm going to spend a lot of time in this episode explaining how important the invitation is and how to do it effectively and easily. No one's going to mind being invited to your event if your invitation is well-written. They're not going to think that you're salesy or spammy because you invited them to an event. Most direct sellers avoid follow-up and reach-outs because they don't know what to say and they don't want to feel salesy. It's awkward to send a message to someone if you open up the message thread and see that they didn't respond to the last three messages that you sent because they were all offer messages. But an invitation is an easier message to send. It's not an offer message. You're just inviting them to something. You don't even have to be in conversation with someone to do it. The invitation can be the start of a conversation. An invitation acts as a reminder that you're in business and that you're here to serve. Most people won't respond to the invitation and a lot of people won't come to your event. But when you pop into their inbox with a short message that isn't selling them anything, They might go to your website or your VIP group and check things out, see what's new, see what's on special, and place an order. Plus, even if they don't respond, your next message is easier to send because this one was just an invitation and not an offer. So keep your invitation short. No one wants to read a long message. Long messages are boring, salesy, and overwhelming, and even if they're just one of those things, they're ineffective. So the goal is to start a conversation, not give them all the details about everything. You can have more information on your business page or in your VIP group, or you can send them additional information if they ask. So this is the formula for your invitation, and I'll put it in the show notes too. You're going to start with the event, then you're going to give the reason why they want to come, and then how they can get more information. So you're going to keep it super simple and super short. And it's going to sound something like this. I'd love for you to pop by my XYZ holiday open house so you can see all the new jewelry. It's next Saturday at noon. Click this link for more information. And then the link could be the link to the invitation post in your VIP group or on your business page. Don't make the link to your website because there's not going to be additional information about the open house on your website. But there is a link to your website in your VIP group and on your business page. If you're doing this virtually, then the invitation would be something like, I'm hosting a virtual open house in my VIP group next week. There will be gifts and prizes, so click here to join it. And then include the link to the group, even if they're already a member of the group. I would also make an event in your group, too, as another reminder. When you're putting together your invitation, come up with several different reasons why people will want to come to your event. If they're customers, they'll probably want to come to see new or seasonal products, shop specials, and shop for gifts. So just choose one of those things from that list, write a message using that one thing, and then go to your customer list and determine who would want to come because of that reason. And then copy, paste, and individually send the message to everyone who has that reason. Then choose another reason, 
create a new list of people to send that invitation to and do the same thing until you've invited everyone. If they're not customers yet, I would still invite them and I would use the same system. So reasons non-customers would want to come might be to check out your products and get holiday entertaining or gift ideas. This is a great nooks and cranny activity. So you can do this during your nooks and crannies very easily. Write your message and make your list in one nook and cranny and then send it in another nook and cranny. And you can easily send 10 invitations in a minute or so when you set it up this way. Doing this is going to make your host coaching much easier because this is probably something that you're telling your host to do. You're telling them to individually invite people to their parties. And it's much easier to ask them to do that if you're doing it too. So when you book your parties from your open house, you can reference the invitation that you sent in your host coaching. You can say something like individual and personal invitations are best. And it really doesn't take a whole lot of time. Here's the system that I used when I invited you to the open house and then go ahead and explain the system and make it super easy for them to individually send messages to their potential guests. You can also post your invitation on social media. I would make a very simple graphic, but in this graphic, I would have a few more details than I would put in a message. You also don't want to make it overwhelming though. So you don't want to add too many details and you want to keep it really easy to read. If you're doing the open house at your house and you don't want to post your address, Just say at my house in whatever city or town you live in and then message me for details. Keep the graphic simple and then in the text of the post, you can repeat the information from the graphic and then you can bullet point a few more details. So things that I would bullet point would be the reasons why people want to come to the event. So I might talk about new products, gift ideas, specials, prizes, and maybe cookies. And I would just do exactly like that. I would keep it nice and short and simple. I wouldn't list out all the new products or all the specials or all the different ways they could get tickets for a drawing. I would just say specials, new products, prizes, cookies, especially if you're known for your cookies. And if you're not serving cookies, you can always just say refreshments. And if you're not serving anything, then just obviously leave that part off. So you want to have this area just super simple. They're just going to scan it and they're going to find that one reason why they want to come. So pick the reasons that are most compelling for your people. If you're doing a drawing, then I would give extra tickets for an RSVP, even if you're doing it virtually. When someone RSVPs, they're more likely to come. And when they RSVP, you have a reason to send them a reminder if they're coming and if you haven't heard from them. Plus, their RSVP is a reply and you can respond to the reply and now you're in a conversation with them. You can mention the ticket opportunity in the invitation if you can do it and still keep it short or you can send a follow-up invitation and put it in there. So you could say something like, the countdown is on for my XYZ open house. Lots of specials and prizes. Let me know if you're coming and I'll put some tickets in the drawing for you. And if this is the next message that you're sending, you don't need to go into all the details about the open house again, because they can just go ahead and scroll up. They can click the link and go to your VIP group or your business page. Now, if someone responds and can't come, invite them to your virtual event if you're having one, but also take note of who said no. When you're offering the host opportunity to people who do come or during your follow-up afterward, you can say something like, I invited the baseball moms and some of them were disappointed they couldn't make it. What do you think about hosting an XYZ party so they can see the new products and you can get them with host credits? Someone's much more likely to say yes to hosting if she knows there are people interested in coming. 
When you think of the invitation as an easy reason to reach out to people to start and continue conversations, you'll make progress in your business even before you have your event. And then after the event, you can reach out to people who came and to the people who didn't come and tell them that you missed them and invite them to something else. So this means that you need to have something else to invite them to. This could be another event. It could be a self-hosted party coming up. It could be a sample sale or a customer appreciation event, even if this event isn't until the new year. If you don't have any events planned, then invite them to your customer group. And if they're already in it, the follow-up that you send them can be a reason they should pop into your group. Most of your group posts aren't showing up in your members' newsfeed, but if they seek out your group or if they engage with a post that does show up, there's an increased chance that they'll organically see more posts from your group. So your message could be, I missed you at the open house. Be sure to pop into my Facebook group next week because, and then go ahead and give them a reason why they should pop in. So it might be something that you're teaching, or it might be doing some kind of special activity or doing a special sale. So let's talk about the best time to do an event like this. You probably need a week or so to put it together and invite people. People are either available or they're not available. So don't give them a lot of lead time. No one's going to rearrange your schedule to come to your open house. You can invite people to your event up to the day before if it's in person. And if it's virtual, you can continue to invite people even when the event is going on. If you're doing this in person, have the event be on a day and time that you want to do parties. If you have your event on a Saturday afternoon, there's a good chance that people will want to host a party on a Saturday afternoon who come to it. So if you don't want to do Saturday afternoon parties, choose another date for this. Look back at your list of non-negotiables that we talked about in the previous lesson. You want to schedule around your non-negotiables. If your family does an early Christmas celebration the first Sunday of December and you're the one hosting it, don't schedule an open house for the day before it. Now, some people are tempted to accommodate a lot of schedules, but unless your customer base is very, very large, I wouldn't. I would accommodate yours. I would also keep this event to just two hours if you're doing it in person, four at the most. If it's a long event, like an all-day event or over multiple days, there's a chance that there'll be times when it's just one or two people there, or even no one's going to be there. It's going to be better for you, and it's going to be better for the energy of the event if there's a steady flow of people coming into it. If you think that there's a chance that you'll have downtime and lulls between guests, have something to work on that you can start and stop easily so that when people come, you can put it away. Whatever you choose, you don't want it to be customer facing. You don't want to be going live and you don't want to be sending messages because people might assume that your event is a flop if you have time to do that kind of thing during the event. The date of the event can be whenever you want it to be. If it's early in the season, planning the ideas of your products as a gift is advantageous because they'll be comparing it to the things that they'll see when they're out shopping at the stores and online. And if you're in continuous communication with them, even if it's just through your VIP group after the year event, they can always come back and get your products after they shop the other sales. You just want to be sure that there's plenty of time for everyone's orders to arrive for the holidays. So I would look at your company's shipping deadlines and have your event be at least a week before them. An open house can be a great selling event because people come ready to buy. It can also be a great booking event. You can book parties through the invitation process and at the event. If you're doing it in your VIP group, you can have people sign up for a host link when they invite a certain number of people to the group. If they invite five or 10 people to the group, 
offer to give them a party link so they can get host credit for their guest purchases. The key is to have them invite people to the group first because otherwise you might not get to meet new people. They might just place a big order so they can get some host credits or ask their friends who are already in the group to buy and that might get you immediate orders, but when they do that, they don't have a reason to host in the near future. Hosting within an event like this is appealing to people because it usually takes less work than hosting a standalone party. They don't have to invite as many people and they don't have to engage as much either. And then after the event, you can offer to do a typical party for those hosts so they can increase their benefits. If you have open parties, then tell your host to invite their friends and their guests to the event so they can increase their benefits. When you're at the event and someone's checking out, offer to start her party with the order if she hosts within a certain time frame. So make sure that you have a clear idea of when you want to hold parties. Keep in mind your non-negotiables and your company's shipping deadlines. If you're booking January parties, Encourage the host to start sharing their party links as soon as they book them so that their friends can start shopping. Those parties are much more likely to stick if they have orders on them. You might even offer to give the host an extra gift if they get a certain amount of orders by a certain deadline in December. I would make the goal a level higher than a qualifying party. I would do something like an extra gift at their January party when their party sales are at $400 by December 15th. When you're scheduling your January parties, make sure that you leave plenty of time to host coach after the holidays. You don't want to be contacting people the week between Christmas and New Year's, and your host isn't going to be inviting people that week either. You want her experience to be fun and easy, and you want to demonstrate the lifestyle of a successful consultant. Unless you need sales to finish up a trip or a promotion, I would be taking that week off. Let me wrap up by highlighting some of the important points of a holiday open house. An open house is a great reason to be in contact with your customers and the invitation to it can be a conversation starter. No one is going to think that you're salesy or spammy because you individually reach out to them to invite them to your open house as long as your message isn't salesy or spammy. So don't make an offer in the invitation because when you do, it's harder to send another message if they don't respond to it. I want you to look at your invitation as the start of a conversation and this conversation might have long breaks in between You might not contact this person again until you get a new catalog. But again, that's an invitation. Hey, can I send you a new catalog? But there's also a good chance that they'll respond somehow to the invitation. And now you can be in conversation with them. Do your open house the way you want to do your business. If you want to do more in-person events, then do an in-person open house. If doing an in-person open house is going to stress you out, then do it online instead. If you do it virtually, do it in your VIP group and use the same platform and format that you use for your parties because people will book what they come to. Encourage people to invite people to the event and offer the host opportunity during the invitation process at the event and in your follow-up. I would love to hear about your event and I would love to help you plan it. So if you have any questions, go ahead and post in the Facebook group or send me a DM. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss anything. And if you haven't already, leave a five-star review and tell your friends about the podcast. If you have any questions about anything you heard on this episode, or if you have a topic you want me to talk about, send me a DM. I'm at Kelly D Northcutt on Instagram, and I love to hear from you and celebrate your success.